so glad that you're here uh, this morning. Pastor Tom is on vacation. They are actually celebrating his dad's 75th birthday. So they're in Murray, uh, Kentucky, and so he sends his greetings. Looks forward to be back with you uh, next week. He's been kind of leading us and guiding us uh, through the scriptures kind of uh, on this idea or on this concept that we as Christians are truly aliens and strangers, exiles in a foreign land. If you've missed his messages on First Peter or on Daniel, I invite you to go back this week and look online, look at the YouTube page. They're there for you. Uh, those are some great messages there. Uh, and today I want to continue kind of along that same path, and I want to use Romans chapter 12. If you've got your Bible, you can open it up now to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to use this as kind of a launching pad to what I believe the Word of God teaches us about not being conformed to the ways of this world, but that our lives should be transformed. And what I want to focus on is the renewing of our minds, by that renewal. And so for you note takers out there today, this message today is entitled, Winning the Battle for the Mind. Winning the Battle for the Mind. I don't know about you, but for me, the mind is one of the things that I battle and face every single day. The battle for my mind takes place, it rages from the moment I wake up, what I'm going to focus my attention on, what I'm going to give my attention to, what I'm going to allow to come into my mind, what I'm going to think about myself, about the world around me, about my friends and neighbors, about those I love and those I see every day. What is going to take place between my ears on a daily basis oftentimes has a lot of weight on how I carry myself and how I actually feel when it comes to living life and walking before the Lord. And so I want to... Um, Read Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you would. Would you stand again and let's honor the reading of God's Word? i got just two verses here, and then we're going um, to take off. So Romans 12, verse 1, if you got it. Paul's writing here to the Romans. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform or do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Oh God, that's why we stand before you today. Because, oh Lord, we want to know your will. We want to know you more. Father, I pray that you would speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit and through your word today. God, that you would give us the tools that we need to overcome, the tools that we need to live in a world as aliens and strangers, as exiles in this foreign land. As we long for home, help us to win the battle in our mind every single day, keeping our mind's attention set on you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for that. I want to share with you just a few fun facts that I found about the brain, about the mind. The average brain weighs about three pounds and is made up of 73% water. Now, this may be for me why sometimes, and maybe some of you have ever felt like your brain's nothing but some liquid sludge up there. You know, it's 73% water, so if you've ever felt like that in the morning times, you just got to get it going. It uses 20% of the body's total oxygen and energy to drive the 86 billion neurons traveling at over 150 miles per hour 
causing more than 100,000 chemical reactions in the mind every second. That's a lot. The brain can generate anywhere from 12 to 25 watts of electricity, enough to power a low-wattage light bulb. More electrical impulses are generated in one day by a single human brain than by all the telephones in the world. The brain as a computer could store two and a half million gigabytes of data. In case you're wondering, that's over 300 years of TV shows. That's almost as much as The Walking Dead. You could get almost all of it. The average brain will have between 50 and 70,000 thoughts every day. Think about that. Let that be one. 50 to 70,000 thoughts every day. However, our short-term memory can only store up to seven pieces of information at a time for a total average of 20 seconds. This makes so much sense. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like I can, my wife can tell me like to go get something or go do something. Just the other night, we're in the bedroom. She's like, hey, honey, can you go get my water out of the fridge? Sure, yeah, I'm bebopping off in there. And I get distracted. Either Judah had spilled something or tore something up or something there on the table. And I'm messing around for a minute, and I come back into the bedroom. She's like, hey, where's my water? I'm like, oh, yeah. Apparently 20 seconds had gone by. So, ladies, if you want us to do something, fellas, if you want something to get done, parents, if you want your kid to clean their room, and you say, hey, why don't you clean your room? If you don't get them moving in about 20 seconds, you might have to tell them again. I know none of you have ever had to do that. A study released by Time Magazine shows that the cognitive speed of our brains start to slow down around 24 years old. This is why I'm, I think may contribute to so many young people have difficulty controlling their thoughts, their minds racing all the time. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I know I felt that way. That's why the, the battle for the mind is so important. The organ of the brain cannot physically feel pain. There are no pain receptors in the brain. That's why brain surgeons can perform brain surgery while the patient is awake. There's no physical pain that can be felt in the brain, but you and I both know here today that within the mind sometimes lies even more deep, painful, sometimes tormenting, pain, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, all these things that creep into our mind that causes us to struggle with our daily existence, to struggle with our worth, our meaning, our value, our purpose. In 2011, research from the University of Montreal showed that the human brain can actually rewire itself. So they studied patients who were born blind from birth and brain activity in patients who were just had normal vision. And what they found is that in those patients who were born blind from birth, those receptors in their brain that were created, that were wired to help per, uh, perceive visual sight through the eyes, were actually rewired and were actually functioning to help perceive sound, listening, to help their senses. This is why... You've heard maybe that some people that have been born blind may have a heightened sense of smell or a better sense of hearing or touch or that sort of thing. The brain can naturally rewire itself. This is kind of on a spiritual level what I think that we focus on today through the renewal of our mind. This opportunity to rewire the way we think, to change the way we look at life, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at God. So I didn't come today just to give you a science lesson on the brain. I would have probably had Miss Lauren do that. She's much better at that than I would have done. But only that you might grasp a little bit of understanding about how great the complexities and the power are within the human mind. 
So let's look now at Romans chapter 12, what the Bible has to say about winning this battle in our mind. Paul writing in Romans here, he'd been writing for a couple chapters, kind of about the story of God, how God how God had given himself for his people, the plan of redemption for his people, the fact that his son was rejected by, uh, rejected by his people, and now they had been grafted in. So because of Israel's rejection of Christ, now the Gentiles, the Romans, and even you and I here today have an opportunity to know God, to live with him, and to know Christ. So Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, because of all of that, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... Now, everything we're going to talk about in the next few moments about renewing the mind. I have four practical steps, I believe, that we can put into practice every single day. These are not a comprehensive list. It's a little discipline that I like to practice. But four things that I think we can use every day to help us to renew our mind. Now, every single one of these things are not an end-all that you can do in your own strength or something that you can muster enlightenment from your own power but they rest in view of God's mercies, understanding that it's only by his presence and the power of his Holy Spirit can we accomplish this renewal, this transformation. And so this mercy, in view of his mercy, he's talking about in in chapter 11, if you look at verse 28, just a few verses before, he kind of sets this up, what this mercy is for us. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies, talking about Israel, they're enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Some of you need to hear that this morning. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, Israel's disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Apart from the message this morning, you need to know, dear friends, that our God desperately desires to show you his mercy. They're new every single morning. His love and his grace is available to you today. No matter what you face, no matter what mistakes of your past, no matter what's going on in your life today, our God desperately desires to meet with you, desperately wants you to know that your sins have been forgiven and you can walk and live in the boldness and the joy and the peace that comes from knowing him. So in view of this mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. You know, um, before Christ came, all sacrifices that were pleasing to God for the atoning of sin were blood sacrifices. And so what would happen is they would take these clean animals, they would spill their blood and ultimately take their life, and their blood would cover as an atonement or a covering for the sins of the people. And the life of the animal was given in exchange for theirs, representing the penalty for sin. Any of this sound familiar? Our Lord Jesus became the ultimate blood sacrifice. His blood spilt on Calvary's cross comes the ultimate atonement for our sin. And ultimately today, we're able to stand before God in boldness because he gave his life in exchange for ours. The ultimate act of faith for us this morning is believe upon him, respond in him through faith. In view of this mercy, offer our bodies, our lives, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. The Bible says at the end of verse 1, this is your spiritual act of worship. Some of it may say this is your reasonable act of service. Right here is kind of, kind of, kind of talking about our act of service being this, this concept, this idea of, of offering ourselves to God. And so the reality for me and for you is that every single day we're awake. We live up, we experience existence, we live and move and have our being in this world and we offer ourselves to something. We offer our 
lives to something. We offer our work to something. We offer our bodies, our existence. But today I want to focus on what we offer our minds to. Because reality is what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, and what you believe about the world around you is going to shape everything else you do. And so having a healthy mindset, having a healthy perspective on life and the world around you is what's going to give us the victory over the mind. Do not conform any longer. Do not be conformed any longer. In other words, do not fashion your life anymore after the patterns of this world. The aliens and strangers, exiles in a foreign land. We do not live according to the ways of this world and this world's culture. And the things that are valuable to this world are not necessarily valuable to us as Christians, to us as believers. But have it. be transformed then which the word metamorphosis is what we come from, this Greek word metamorpho means to change position or to completely change condition of. This is the word that was used for Christ when he was uh, transfigured at the mountaintop. If you remember this story, his whole body changed, transfigured. It was a complete metamorphosis. The idea for you and for I and everywhere else this word is used in the New Testament talks about this inward, this invisible kind of transformation that takes place within the life of a believer that that alters our position or our condition or our state of existence. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. And what I want to focus on for the rest of our time today is that last little propositional phrase, by the renewing of your mind. This idea of renewal, restoration, The word renewal literally comes from a word that means uh, to take something and to make it new. It also comes from the word like demolish, what we get the word demo. Some of you may have bought homes before and you had to go in and you had a home and you did something called gutting that house and you took everything out of it and you stripped it down to bare bones and you added new flooring and new fixtures and you made it new, you created it new, You, you took the form that had something and you made a new form out of it. That's this concept of renewal, of making new. And I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it seems like it's a battle sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day to keep myself in this mindset of holiness or in this mindset of purity or in this mindset of seeking after God or even just forgiving myself or just looking at myself the way God views me. It's so difficult sometimes to not allow things like doubt and fear, to not allow things like value and worth and meaning and social pressures to all these things that creeps into our minds and even for me often hinders me from experiencing the fullness of God and from walking in the true purposes and the calling that he's called me to be and to do. So it's this inward renewal. If there's going to be an inward change of position and condition of our lives, we have to have this renewal of our mind. We can't simply change our position or condition Uh, Like our outward behaviors, just focusing on uh, things that we do, the things around us. There must be like a change of mind and will to produce real lasting outward change of habit and discipline. Trying to transform our lives simply by focusing on outward behavior would be kind of like trying to rid an iceberg with a picking axe. Like no matter how much you chop off the top of it, you're never going to really accomplish your goal until you focus your efforts on what lies beneath the surface. So for you and for me, every single day, it's this battle of our mind, this battle for worth, this battle for meaning, this battle for purpose. Do we, do we look at the world with hope and with joy and with peace? Or do we oftentimes, if you're like me, you struggle and you look at things with fear or anxiety or doubt or worry. 
And so the first thing that I want us to kind of take away, the first step, if you will, in this renewal process is something that I call steal the mind. Steal the mind. With so many competing thoughts, with eight, 80 billion neurons traveling 150 miles an hour, can we actually physically steal the brain? I'm not so certain that that's possible. But on a spiritual level, the very mind of our being, the thing that, that we process everything else about life through, is constantly racing. It's constantly going at this pace of what's next or what responsibilities do I have to accomplish or what do I have to get done or what's my day look like or where do my kids need to be or what's going on in the world around me. And I believe that for you and for me, if we're going to have a moment in our lives where we're going to be transformed, where our lives are going to be different, and it's going to happen through this renewal of our mind, and the only way we get to this spot is to, is to still it, to calm it, to bring everything, the Bible says, to bring every thought captive to the knowledge and the obedience of Christ. Every thought. And so this is not what I would call an easy discipline. Most, most, most certainly it's very difficult to think about nothing else, to steal the mind of everything but God. Point number two is to point the mind. So if one is to steal the mind, to cause the mind to steal, to cause the competing thoughts to leave, to allow only the thoughts of God, the thoughts of Him to fill our minds, then we, we point that back towards Him. The Bible tells us in Psalm, it says to be still and know, know what? I am God. I love that. I love the author wrote it that way. I, I think he could have almost wrote it and said, be still and know I am. Because the reality is when God gave us his name, when he gave Moses his name to give to the people of Israel, when, it's like, when I go to him, what do you want me to tell him your name is? Just tell him I am has sent you. And the reality is the God that we serve, while he's holy and transcendent and far beyond anything we can possibly think or imagine, he exists in every single moment and every single inch of the entire universe at once, and yet he lives within every human heart. He is. I am am, bringing the thought to our mind that God really and truly, you are, and God, this moment and this opportunity, I have an opportunity to seek your presence, to seek your face, pointing our mind towards him, not allowing the distractions from the world, not allowing what we want from ourselves or what we want for ourselves to distract us from going after the presence of God. It's like we come to God so many times, and, and, this, and I'm so guilty if I come to him in prayer and my prayer starts out and it's like, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for these blessings. Lord, be with this friend that's hurting. Be with that person. Help this, pre help this person. It's kind of a, a list of, of requests and supplication. And those are great. Prayer is great. Supplication is great. Pray for your brothers. That's not what I'm saying at all. But whenever you have those opportunities in life to where you really need a renewal of your mind, you really need a change of mind, you really need a, um, to gain the mind of Christ, as the Bible tells us, we have to have intentionality about getting alone, about stealing the mind, about thinking of nothing else but God himself in the person of Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have that connection, that direction towards him. And when we allow our minds to be connected to the source of life and all healing and all power and all restoration, then God does what only God can do. See, none of us in our own strength can, can accomplish anything of lasting significance in our life, especially in our hearts and in our minds, it happens from him stealing the mind, pointing the mind. So it's like we come to him not for what we can gain from him, but we come to him understanding that he's all that we need. 
coming to a place in our walk with God, in our devotion, in our quiet time, whatever it is, however you define those moments in your life where you seek after him, understanding that, oh God, really all that I truly need is you. And I trust that you will heal the broken places in my heart, that you will restore the broken places in my home or in my family or in my job or in my marriage. Oh God, that you will bring my loved one through that sickness. And oh Lord, if you don't, I trust they're gonna be with you forever in glory. And so God, when I come before you, I don't even really need to ask you for anything. I just need you. In those moments, like Elijah standing out the cave at Mount Carmel, and God tells him, hey, I'm going to pass by. And the Bible says there was a great mighty wind so strong that it knocked rocks off the cliff. Things were falling everywhere, but the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the wind. Then it said there was an earthquake. It shook the ground, shook the earth, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. All these big miraculous events, all these big happenings in the world, all these big things going on. And it says after the fire came a still, small, if you and I are going to hear from God we've got to get still we've got to quiet the mind we've got to direct our attention towards God pushing all things out thirdly we have to fill it fill the mind so if we still the mind we point the mind and we are to fill the mind. Fill it with what? Fill it with God. Fill it with the truth found in his word. Fill it with things from the scripture, with things from the Bible. First Peter says this in chapter 1. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. Like to, to, to bring the things to attention. This idea of girding up. We don't really talk like this much anymore, but the ancients would have understood. For them, they dressed in these big robes and had all this big clothing. And if they ever had to get somewhere, if they, ever had to, if they ever had somebody chasing them, if they ever had anything going on where they had to go in haste, they had to gird up their loins and so, so they could go. And so this idea of girding up the loins of our mind is this idea of pulling all of these things up from our mind that hinder us from being prepared for action. They hinder us from being prepared to go and live out our faith, from being prepared to go and be the people that God have called us to be. These can be things in the mind like doubt, like fear, like worry, like worrying about what people think, about social pressure, anxiety. It can be certain things like uh, pride and arrogance. All of these things hinder us from truly experiencing the mind of Christ. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus who although was equal with God, thought it not robbery to be that, but, but humbled himself and put on the, the role of a servant. That's why the Bible tells us that none of us should think more highly of ourselves than we ought to because all of us stand in this place of need before a holy God and Christ alone has bridged the gap so that we can come before him. So none of us have this arrogance about ourselves or our pride in our own abilities or in our own efforts or in our own righteousness or our own goodness, but our hope and our confidence and our joy and our trust 
is in what Christ did for us. And whenever we get to places in our lives when we've allowed the enemy's lies to enter into our mind and we've allowed the things in our culture and the things on social media and we've allowed all these things to cause us to have an unhealthy mindset, we have to have intentional moments where we push it all out. You have to come to a spot where you say, you know what, more important than what's going on in Afghanistan right now is what's going on between me and a holy God. Because I don't know about you, friend, but when I lose my focus on him and I allow time to go by enough where I'm not drawing my attention solely upon him, then man, my life slowly begins to slip into this rut to where I'm getting more and more frustrated. I get more and more upset and angry with what's going on in the world around me. I think, why all these people do this? Why don't everybody just do that? Or man, why don't, you know, and, and what happens is that I begin to lose focus and I begin to live like the culture. And I'm not living, being transformed. I'm being conformed to this world and not being transformed by the renewing of my mind as aliens and strangers, as exiles in a foreign land. So we steal the mind, we point the mind, and then we fill it. We fill it up with the word of God. The Bible says that, that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We know that only God can meet these criteria all the time. And so it has to be moments in our day, maybe moments in our week, where we carve out margin time. Sometimes for me, it's late at night when everybody's going to bed. Sometimes it's early in the morning. That's one great thing I do love about my job here at the church is that I have an office and we have office hours and we have to be here and if nothing crazy's going on at 8 o'clock in the morning, I can go into my office and I can shut the door and I can have moments alone with me and God. And I can drive out the busyness. I can drive out the chaos. I can drive out everything that's going on around me, all the pleasures of life, the displeasures of life. I can forget about how bad things went and I can also forget about how good things have been and focus solely on the presence of our God and know that, God, everything I need, everything that's going to bring me life and joy and peace, everything that's going to bring me purpose and lasting satisfaction in this life and in the one to come is found only in you. David wrote in Psalm 26, Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me. I walk continually in your truth. We must fill our minds with the truth that's found only in God's word. Ephesians 6 tells us, I love this, in verse 14, it says, After you've done everything to stand against the fiery darts of the enemy and the ways of this world, therefore stand having your loins girt about with truth, the King James says. I love that. The same girding up of the loins, the girding up of our lives with truth, taking that in with minds directed toward God and filled with God, ready for action, Directed to God, filled with God, and ready for God to serve him. Ready for anything. So we, we steal the mind, we point the mind, we fill the mind, and the last thing is we got to protect the mind. The Bible tells us above all else in Proverbs, guard your heart, for out of it come everything else about you. I don't know about you, but man, it's so difficult to protect the things that go into my mind. If you uh, work at a job where you're around people, most certainly you've had uh, moments of your day where you're going to hear some negativity. You're going to hear people talk about whether it's uh, 
whether it's world, uh, world affairs, things going on around the world, or, or politics, or things going on right here in our communities, or uh, all the, the crazy chaos that has been COVID-19 for the last two years. All of our lives have been filled with a certain amount of chaos and change to the point where it's been uncomfortable at times for all of us. And so I would be kind of confident to say the fact that there's been moments and seasons and times in all of our lives where we need this renewal. We need this constant renewal of our mind, that our bodies, that our soul, that ourselves can experience the peace that passes understanding, the joy of our salvation, the presence of God, the hope that comes from knowing him, protecting the mind, guarding it against the lies of the enemy, guarding against the negativity of the world, guarding it against even against the social pressures of the people around you. You know, we live in a day where it's kind of hard to make your own decision anymore. It's kind of hard to even think for yourself much anymore, isn't it? So much of the things in our culture are fashioning our minds to think and to believe for us. And so we must know what God's word says. We must know what Christ has done. We must know what the Bible says about us, the truth. We protect the mind. We guard it. This process kind of folds back upon itself. We go through this process of 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 slowing the mind, of, 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 of stilling it, of pointing it to God, of filling it with his word, of protecting it. And then something comes up and we, and we, we need to start all over again. It's like this old, I think it was in the 90s, this old love song. I can't remember the guy that wrote this, but it's like, and it starts back with one. Y'all know this song? It's like, anybody? I told the first service I wasn't going to sing because my wife would kill me. She just looked at me like, what are you doing? And so, like I said at the beginning, this is, these are not steps towards some enlightenment that you can experience in your own power, your own strength. I wanted to come today to give you some practical things that you can do, some practical disciplines that you can do in your everyday lives, in your everyday discipline of Bible reading, of prayer, of meditation, is to understand that, man, it's so important that we still our mind, that we allow our mind to be slowed down to the point to where the thoughts raging in and out are not just random. They're not just, they're not just thoughts that rage through our minds and out our minds and then our lives go on about our busy ways and we're performing tasks, but we truly are slowing down enough to where we're actually pointing everything that we are toward the presence of God, knowing that being in his presence is really all that's going to give us healing and life and restoration and renewal, and that really what God thinks about us and what God says about us is really all that matters. And the fact that we have his love and his mercy and his forgiveness, it really don't matter if we have the world's love or the world's mercy or the world's forgiveness. All that really matters for you and for me is to know that, number one, we are right before a holy God, that you have a right relationship with him because of what Christ has done for you, and then that you have the mind of Christ, that your lives live as an overflow of what's within you protecting it. Maybe you're like me and you're like, bro, I hear you and all, but like, who's got time for that? We all do. It's not that we're trying to gain something that we don't already have. This mind of Christ, this life of freedom, this life of hope, this life of joy, it's all been given to us freely through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the gift of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it's not that we're trying to gain something new. We're just trying to discover something that God's already put in us. And so by pushing out the noise, the distractions, and focusing our mind's attention upon him, 
allowing his word to be the guiding force of our life, allowing his presence to be everything else that we want, and allowing our minds the opportunity to be renewed. I don't know if you've ever felt like, man, I'm fighting a losing battle against my mind. I know I have. I felt that way this morning. Kind of ironic when you're preaching on the battle for the mind, you wake up and your mind is fighting. You may have been like me and you felt discouraged at times. You may have felt defeated. You may have felt like, man, hopeless. What can I even do in a world that's so filled with chaos and brokenness? In a, in a world where everybody's losing their mind around me, what can I even do? Is there hope? Is there hope for me? You and I both know there is hope. Hope is alive. Joy is alive. Peace is alive. There was once another man, the God man, who was faced with the ultimate battle for his mind. In his moment of deepest despair, when his closest friends were sleeping on him, when one of his very own was on the way to betray him, and he most certainly knew the fate that that awaited him, became so filled with agony and despair and anxiety that the Bible says that even his sweat turned to drops of blood. Pleaded with God, if there be any other way, let this cup pass for me. Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass. But there was nowhere else to pass it. There was no one else worthy to drink. For he was and he is the only righteous one. The one who drank the cup of God's wrath on Calvary's cross. Stretched out his arms and fought through every last breath. Knowing in his mind that at any moment he could deliver himself. And prove his divinity before everyone. At any moment he could have called thousands of angels to come and demonstrate a major act of his godliness before everyone, his God nature. And yet we would have all been lost. But instead, his mind was prepared for action. He knew what he had come for. He was focused on the Lord's mission. And he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died. So just when you feel mentally defeated or when you feel like, man, this battle, like this thing that you're talking about is so hard, it is hard. Just remember that in Christ's dying breath, he gave us everything that we need for life, for winning the battle in our minds, to tell us that. It is finished. He's already done it. He's already won your battle. He's already fought your fight. You need only trust him. Will you pray with me? Father, we stand and we sit before you. God, in a world where there's busyness on every side, where we're all waiting the next thing, where the clock keeps turning, time keeps ticking, Father, may we all slow down just enough, God, to seek after you. God, realizing that everything in this world is passing away. Everything we could chase in this life is fading. All the pleasures of this life are temporary. God, the only lasting joy, the only lasting peace, the only lasting life is found in you. So God, give us a heart that's hungry for you. Give us a mind, oh God, that's desperate for you. Regardless of what we have going on around us, regardless of what any of us believe about ourselves this morning or about the world around us, 
Oh God, we are loved by you. We are adored by you. Father, you didn't give us salvation, eternal life, just so that one day we might experience you in heaven when we die. Oh, that's the greatest gift any of us could have received. Father, you've given us yourself. You've given us your spirit and your word. Oh God, may we experience you today. May we know you here in our existence in this life. Father, whoever's here today and they desperately need you, I pray that they would trust you. Holy Spirit, work in every heart. Renew every life in a way that only you can. Give us all the strength and the grace that we need.